Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Rams Up, a Los Angeles Rams podcast. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We cover other SoCal sports news of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Season 2, Episode 13. We've got a nice little episode here for you. And before we get into it, I wanted to remind you, next week, early next week, we'll be dropping our draft roundtable. That's going to be a lot of fun. Paul Wally, Tom Quartz, and I discussing all things NFL draft, especially with regards to the Rams. That should be fun. This episode, my special assistant, who prefers to remain anonymous, is no longer. His name is Matt, and he's going to be joining us. Matt loves the Combine and the Senior Bowl and watching these NFL draft prospects on tape. And he's got a few that he is just in love with, and he's going to share his thoughts on those players. That's coming up here shortly. But it's worth mentioning, after we had that discussion Matt called me up and he said, hey, I left out one of my favorite guys, Matt Ariza, the punter. Now, from my mock drafts, from what I have seen, Ariza will not be there when the Rams draft in the sixth round. Talked to Matt about that, and he's just saying, you know, I'd love to have this guy. I'd love to have all the great players, actually, right? But realizing 
the Rams probably won't get a shot at him. And even if they do, hey, there's other guys I love too. So maybe not seeing Matt Ariza come to the Rams, but just wanted to point out he is a guy he is also in love with. Watch the tape on this guy. Watch the tape on this guy covering kicks. That's special. And things have really taken a turn for the worse in San Francisco with regards to Debo Samuel. At first, we thought it was just that normal churn, a wide receiver wanting a new contract, but it's gone south pretty quickly, and he may not be a 49er even as early as the end of this upcoming draft. Something could happen. His brother posting on Facebook, he won't be a 49er. That's all that matters. Again, this could all be just a bunch of churn. Maybe he'll get a new contract out of this, but can't deny 49er fans have to be worried about Debo's future with that team. Meanwhile, there's Cooper Cup. With all this going on, someone had to ask him, how does he feel about a new contract deal? Is he deserving of one? Does he want the top contract? Does he want to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league? Couldn't really blame him if he did, though. But what did he say? He said, I'm not trying to beat anybody. I'm not trying to compare myself to anyone. It's more about being in a place that's just right for both sides. Love, Cooper Cup. And how about the Dodgers? Freddie Freeman launches one in his first at-bat against his old team. So nice to have Freddie back in his hometown of Los Angeles. I really enjoy watching him play. Great addition for the Dodgers, and the Dodgers off to another great start. So before we get to my discussion with Matt, let's get into what I'm calling my X-Factors, those individuals in the NFL that have the potential for impacting the NFL playoff picture this year. We'll get to that in one second. The NBA playoffs means next-level basketball. Get in on the first-round action with DraftKings Sportsbook. At DraftKings Sportsbook, all DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I was actually in the car the other morning and was lucky enough to capture part of Colin Cowherd's show. Joy Taylor was actually hosting the show. Colin was out. This was last Friday. And Joy was listing the 10 X factors for the NBA playoffs. And it got me thinking with the meet of free agency behind us, the draft coming up, who are the NFL X factors looking ahead to the 2022 season? Which individuals are going to impact the NFL playoff picture 
in the chase for the Super Bowl. And I'm not talking about guys like, let's say, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. It'll be really interesting to see how those two guys progress, but but whether they take incredible strides and become great players next year or not, I don't think will significantly change the playoff picture and who is going to have a reasonable chance of getting to the Super Bowl. And there's a lot of guys that fall into that category, but I'm talking about the 10 guys that could really impact the NFL playoff picture. So who are these guys? Who are the 10 X-Factors? In no particular order, I'm going to start with Jalen Hurts. I mean, remember the Eagles were a playoff team. At times they looked very competitive, other times not so much. But they're in that NFC East, and if Hurts continues to improve, and clearly the Eagles are going to give him a chance to take the reins of that team and see what he can do. They're kind of loading up to draft a quarterback next year, but Hurts playing for his career on a pretty good team in a horrible division. If he steps up and plays well and has a great year, the Eagles could win that division. And if they can win that division, hey, who knows? So I'm calling Jalen Hurts my first X-Factor. My second X-Factor is Kyler Murray. Now, same old story. Cardinals start out 7-0. Things fall apart on them for a variety of reasons. Now there's all that drama going on. So the interesting thing about Murray is it's not so much how he will perform. He's kind of an X-Factor right now because of all the drama going on between him and his team. Some people saying he's not even going to play unless he gets a new contract. Hey, maybe he'll be playing baseball in a couple of months. Who knows? So Kyler Murray, an X-Factor. Without him, the Cardinals really don't have a lot of hope. I mean, I guess they could find a way to get into the playoffs, but without Kyler Murray, are they a reasonable Super Bowl contender, a viable Super Bowl contender? I would say not. Now, without Kyler Murray, I'm telling you, they have no chance at the Super Bowl. I I would never go that far because they said the same thing about the Rams in 1999. Every team in the NFL has a shot, but I'm talking about a reasonable opportunity this year to win the Super Bowl without Kyler Murray, Cardinals, I'm a no on that. My next X factor is the only one on this list that is not a player. I'm calling Kevin O'Connell an X factor. The Vikings have a team loaded on the offensive side of the ball, but they've been led by a defensive-minded coach. If Kevin O'Connell can step in there and get that offense rolling, that McVay-style approach... The Vikings could be a dangerous team, and that NFC North is winnable. The Packers do not have this locked up like they have in years past. Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings could be a sneaky team this year. Kevin O'Connell is the leader. I think he is. Vikings have a bright future. Kevin O'Connell, another X-Factor. The next X-Factor, probably kind of obvious, Russell Wilson. If you watch closely, Wilson is not the same quarterback he was a few years back. But he may not need to be with that Bronco defense and the weapons he has. But he has to play well. His play cannot deteriorate too much. So the X factor, Russell Wilson, is he a pretty good quarterback? If he continues to be a pretty good quarterback in that Bronco system, 
He's definitely an X factor. And very similarly, Tom Brady is an X factor in my mind. At his age, his performance has to drop off at some point. I mean, if he's just three quarters of the quarterback he was five years ago, the Bucks are going to be standing in the Rams' way for that NFC conference title. But if he slips a little bit, loses some arm strength, gets banged up a lot easier, who knows? At that age, I'm telling you, it comes fast. I know from experience. I don't care how hard he trains. I don't care how dedicated he is to to maintaining his personal performance levels. It's going to come one day where Tom Brady cannot play at that level anymore. My next X factor is Tyreek Hill. Suddenly the Dolphins have a lot of weapons. Done a great job in free agency, adding significant parts. But Tyreek Hill, man, he could really change things for the Dolphins. If the Dolphins can figure out how to use him correctly, along with those other receivers they have and the young quarterback, we'll see. He's definitely an X-factor if he's just another receiver on another team outside of that Chiefs dynamic offensive system. Dolphins don't really improve that much, but if he's the Tyreek Hill we saw for the last few years on the Chiefs, watch out for the Dolphins. Remember, they were 2-7 last year and then won six straight, finished 9-8. and eight. Have a very good defense. Hill could be enough to secure the Dolphins a wild card spot. I don't think they're gonna I don't think they have what it takes to knock off the Bills for that AFC East title, but could definitely be a strong playoff contender. My next X factor is the Rams entry, Allen Robinson. Now the Rams are gonna be a playoff team regardless, in my opinion. I mean, anything can happen, but I fully expect them to be in the playoffs. Isn't that a nice feeling? Wow. But if Robinson cannot be a good complementary receiver to Cooper Cup and become a great red zone target for the Rams, if he's a little disappointing in any way, the Rams could struggle against really good defenses. I guess what I'm saying is Allen Robinson could be the difference between the Rams being a playoff team and a Super Bowl champion. He's got a lot of pressure on him. We're assuming OBJ is out. We don't know what's happening with him. But if it's Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson, and the other guys, Allen Robinson is definitely an X factor. Rams need him. Another X factor, second to last one here, Matt Ryan, joining a very good Colts team, had quarterback issues with Carson Wentz. You know, I haven't paid much attention to Matt Ryan, to be honest with you. Why would I? That Falcons team really going nowhere with him. But I've always thought, He's a good quarterback. He's definitely a good quarterback getting up there in years, but he could be the answer there. A steady, productive quarterback that has won in the past. Throw him in there on a really good Colts team. X-Factor, Matt Ryan, definitely. And my last X-Factor, again, this is in no particular order, but Trey Lance. If he's just average or a little bit above average, if he just basically meets their expectations for a second-year quarterback taking over the reins for the first time, the Niners are a playoff team. If he is above and beyond that, 
Hate to say this, the Niners could get to the Super Bowl. And if he plays poorly, Niners could miss the playoffs entirely. So Trey Lance probably the biggest X factor now that I think about it. Because, you know, with Tom Brady, if he falls off a little bit, Bucks are still in the playoffs. If he continues to play at that level, Bucks could win the Super Bowl. Same with Russell Wilson, some of these other guys. But Trey Lance, his performance could dictate whether the Niners miss the playoffs entirely, maybe just another playoff team, or they could win the Super Bowl. So those are my X factors for the 2022 season. Now, this could change, obviously, after the draft, and if there's any significant free agent signings, maybe even some trades. So we'll see what happens. But those are my 10 X factors for 2022. Hey everybody, this is Mark, and I have a special guest here today, Matt, my special assistant. He's been asking to come on the show to talk draft. How are you doing, Matt? Doing good. So the first thing you wanted to talk about was not necessarily these top 10 guys in the draft. We all know who they are. You were telling me there are some guys that are still highly touted, late first, early second, uh, that you wanted to talk about, six or seven guys that you really loved. So tell us who are these guys, who are these guys you really like? Um, Well, first I want to start with one guy that I like that, he may end up going in the top 10. Um, and then I'll speak on some other guys that uh, more more or less the bottom of the first round, early second. Um, and that's Drake London, the receiver out of USC. Um, he's 6'5". He's probably about 210 pounds. And he is a mean receiver. If you look up his highlight tape, he's, he's looking for contact. And he's running guys over. And he's also, when you're 6'5", you know, he's built similar to like Mike Evans or even uh, the other USC receiver Colts that in the second round, Michael Pittman, but he, he could play in the slot and play outside jump ball receiver. He's one of those guys you throw it up and he's going to come down with it. Um, so if you're looking for a fun highlight tape, uh, you want to watch some, some guys on YouTube. Uh, he's a, he is a fun guy to watch. He's probably not uh, a speed vertical threat type of receiver. That may be yeah. the one thing missing. Yeah, I think that's probably his biggest question mark is separation. If you watch, uh, if you watch his film, he doesn't need it. You throw it up, he's going to go get it. Um, and, and he's coming off an injury too. He he fractured his ankle um, at USC. Yeah, I get so, him mixed up with the other USC Drake. They got an edge guy named Drake as well. Right. right actually, I was going to talk about him too. He he was. I'll I'll, ta- I'll mention him later because I think he's a guy that could slip in the draft that. Uh, fits a Rams need if, if they want to move up and maybe try to get him. Okay. Um, who are your other guys uh, later in the first round, early second, perhaps? I'll stick with the receivers and this next guy. I'm kind of hesitant to, to mention his name. They have like these pre-draft, uh, like the, the combine workouts. It, it's not the actual combine, but before that. And I guess supposedly he showed up like 20 pounds overweight. And as soon as you hear that for a receiver, like that's just like a red flag, you know? 
but you watch him on on tape and this guy is explosive he, he reminds me of uh i guess i should mention his name huh <laughs> it's Traylon burks the receiver out of arkansas oh yeah i'm looking at him right now it's funny when you say uh, i hesitate to mention his name with, with me that's because i can't pronounce it but <laughs> Traylon burks out of arkansas yeah he he's a big he's a big boy um kind of like that aj brown debo samuel uh, DK Metcalf type receiver. You get him the ball in screen game, uh, sweeps, even even Cooper Cup, yak, the yak god. Those type of receivers are kind of taking over the NFL. Those those big receivers are almost almost the body size of a tight end. Yeah, I think we're starting to see more of that. It might have started with the Rams running the jet sweep, and then following that, these other teams how they how the Niners use Debo Samuel. Uh, the Seahawks use DK Metcalf. Uh, that could be the the next wave. These big physical receivers that kind of half running back, half receiver. Yeah, just just an extra dynamic, just a weapon. And if his work ethic is where it needs to be, uh, he's going to be a steal. Uh, I've seen him going like late first round to the Chiefs. Uh, they have those two late picks. Um, but someone's going to get a steal if 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 he can get his work ethic and things like that at check. Yeah, I was watching uh, the NFL, one of the NFL.com shows yesterday, and Greg Rosenthal and uh, Daniel Jeremiah, they were saying that there could be seven receivers in the first round. Yeah, there's a lot of receivers I, I like in the draft. I mean, Garrett Wilson may be the first one off the board. He's the Ohio State guy. And uh, Jason Williams, he's the one that tours ACL in the national championship game. Um, someone's going to, someone's going to, Jameson Williams kind of reminds me of like that Tyreek Hill type of guy. And yeah, there's definitely some, some scary receivers in this draft. Okay. So you got uh, the USC receiver, the Arkansas guy, uh, who else? Um, so let's uh, move to the, my favorite player in the draft. And I've told you about him before. Um, it's the Iowa state running back, Brees Hall. Yeah, there's a, he's getting a lot of love from a lot of places. I've loved him for a long time. And, you know, every year there's always like a, a running back or two that goes in the first round. And like like Clyde Edward Lair for the Chiefs went the, the back end of the first. And, and I don't understand why he's not going in the first round. I know running backs aren't valued in the first round. But if you're a team that like, for example, like the Bills – who they have a good roster, and if he falls to you, he is the most complete back uh, in this draft. He can catch. He's got size and power. He's got it all. And he kind of reminds me when I watch him, he has that patient, that Le'Veon Bell patience behind the line. And then when he sees a hole, he hits it. I don't understand why I, I see him going in late second round, early second round, and I don't get it because that guy's going to be a star. It's a copycat league, you know, and everybody's uh, shying away from running backs in the first round. and uh, But that could mean someone's going to luck out and grab this guy. Daniel Jeremiah was talking about Brees Hall, and he said that the question was, you're an NFL team, you're on your own 10 or 15-yard line, and you're going to drive the field for the, for the winning touchdown. Which running back in this draft do you want? And he didn't hesitate. And he said Brees Hall because – He's a three, four down back, never leaving the field. He can do everything. Yeah, he can do everything. He's complete. I think he had a 
the, I think he has the NCAA record for, I think he had 24 straight games with a touchdown. Yeah, he, uh, he reminds me, when I watch him, he really reminds me of Joe Mixon. And I think they have similar body types. Uh, but he can catch, too. And, yeah, he, he's a complete, he's the real deal. Okay, moving on. And it, who, who's your next guy? Um, I'll kind of stay on Iowa State. Uh, this is a late round guy that I kind of like that could be there in, uh, on day three. And uh, his name's Charlie Kohler. He's a tight end there. Um, he's a big boy, 6'6", 260. And um, I think his, his weakness is, you know, he's not uh, as good as athlete as some of these other tight ends that are going to go on in day two. So that's probably what he'll slide. But when you're six six, um, just that red zone threat. Uh, watching, I watched Iowa State quite a bit. That's such a weird sentence. I don't know why I was watching Iowa State so much. I feel like they were just on during the time that I was watching college football. And he was uh, Brock Purdy is the quarterback there. And I just feel like whenever Brock Purdy needed to make a play, he was his his blanket. You know, he would always look to Kohler, and Kohler would always step up and make a play. And I just I like him. I've 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 seen people mocking tight ends to the Rams, and I'm just not sure they would use that first pick for a tight end. They might have to to draft that guy, but you know, you know, you know the thing as I said in my last mock draft that I did, if McVay loves a tight end, uh, he's gonna he's gonna draft him, you know, because right. he loves tight ends. So it's just a matter of how much McVay loves him. I I. I assume eventually they are going to draft a tight end. Um, after they lost Munt, so I feel like they need to fill a void there. But at the same time, uh, Blanton stepped up in the playoffs. Um, so who knows? I, and I'm done projecting offense alignment to the Rams. Like every year, like even last year, like I was, it was a guarantee they were going to draft a center. Right, and, right. And they don't. And they were happy with Brian Allen, and he did work out. So, who's your next guy on your list? Um, so, I guess while we're on, I'll stick with the tight ends. Um, my favorite tight end in the draft is UCLA guy Greg Dulcich. Yeah, I have him circled too. He uh, looks like he looks like an NFL tight end. Yeah, I think his weakness, like his the the blocking, you know, he's not the uh, the blocking tight end. But, man, he's a weapon. He's always open. And after the catch, he had a, he had a big game against LSU. Um, but, yeah, I love him. Uh, he can really be that, that uh, outside tight end, slot tight end. He can line up next to the offensive line, too. But I, I've seen him going, like, sec- end of the second round. Um, Trey McBride's the other top-ranked tight end that those two are going in similar areas. I said, like, End of the end of the second round, early third. Um, so I doubt they're there for right. the Rams, but maybe one of them will slide. But McBride is the one that I think McBride and, and Dulcich are the the two top tight ends that'll go. Uh, I assume McBride will go one. He's a complete tight end. He's he's also a Ram. He's a Colorado State guy. Okay. Anyone else you need to call out? The last guy. Um, I figure we got to talk about a quarterback. Um, all these quarterbacks. There's some sort of area with them that scares you away from taking them. Um, so there's a guy like uh, Sam Howell, North Carolina. I'd much rather spend 
if I'm looking for a quarterback, my second round pick on him, then take one of these other guys in the first round. Um, he was projected to be the top quarterback taken, uh, but they lost their two top, two of their top receivers. They lost two uh, NFL running backs, and you could tell like they have no weapons. They had one, they had one speedster, and that was it. And every play, he's getting hit. And I feel like if he gets drafted the right situation, he's not going to be ready right away. But he is a tough son of a bitch. Like he runs people over. And I know you are always scared of the the running quarterback because if they get banged up, but he can still throw the ball. I think he has the best deep ball in the draft. So you're not you don't see him as a guy the Rams would or should draft. No, 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 no. I just figured we should, we got to talk about a quarterback. And he's yeah, it seems <laughs> like um, there's so many of these uh, quarterbacks that get drafted in the first round that are such a disappointment. And then there's these guys that are taken in the third and fourth and fifth round that turn out pretty darn good. So I guess that's probably true of every position, but quarterback is such an investment. You, you just got to get it right. And speaking of fun tape to watch, I mean, check out his highlight tape. You will run people over. If you were to to turn it on, turn on his game uh, in the middle of the game, you'd see him like running over a safety. You'd think he's like some tight end, some fullback. He, he's not sliding. And at the next level in the NFL, obviously he's got to learn to do that. And uh, he has some impressive runs and he's good. I like Sounds him. like he'd be good, uh, good in the red zone, you know, two or three yard line uh, type, of, type of quarterback that can take it in from him for himself. Right. And he can still throw. Like it's not like he's not like a he's right. he's a dual guy. Is that so. the is that it for your um for that group of guys you wanted to talk about? Did you want to move? Yeah, I think so. So there is uh, another uh group of players that you wanted to talk about that you think were at one time rated highly and for one reason or another have kind of fallen by the wayside in a lot of mock drafts that you think at this point, you can get them at a point where they'd be considered steals. And I guess, I guess the quarterback you just talked about is probably one of them. But yeah, all three of these guys at one point were projected top 10 picks or like one day like when they were freshmen, like uh, these guys could be uh, high first round picks. And for whatever reason, they slid. Um, the first one I, I want to talk about is how far is David Ajabu going to fall? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, are you? Is this one you're you're going to compare? Is this a Terrell, Terrell Lewis situation? Right. Well, it's like he tore his Achilles. It's like who's he's not going to go in the first round. I assumed uh, he's going to go in the second round, and it's got to be a team that is comfortable uh, with him redshirting because he's not Cam Akers tearing his Achilles and coming back so soon is once in a lifetime. Like he's not going to play this year, so he's going to redshirt. So it's got to be a good team or a team that's comfortable with waiting a year. Um, I've seen him go early second, late second. Like, what if he falls to the third? Um, yeah, well, for it, the Rams, for for a thought for the Rams, he'd have to fall to the late third, right? The end of the third. Right, but, but if he's there, pick, let's say, like 80, 85, is it worth trading up to get someone that was potentially a top 10 pick? that yeah if you're asking me for an answer you know um i don't know i i think the rams need guys to fill holes now and, and depth wise 
and such. But again, I'm I'm not less need. I would I never discount any possibility with the Rams. You never know what they're going to do, and and other teams as well. But would they potentially make a move like that? Yeah, sure. I think they would. But um, I would probably bet against it. But you know, what a and they're a team that can look down the road. They're not. I mean, they're all in every year, right? They're going to be all in with or without that guy. But talk about projecting a year down the road, adding a top 10 pick. Uh, and they're, they're comfortable uh, with their medical staff, getting a guy that tore his Achilles that, you know, they have the right people. But I assume he'll go beginning of the second round. Um I wouldn't be surprised if like the Chiefs traded back with, with their two picks and go to a team like that or go to a team that's established early in the right. second. But I thought it'd be worth mentioning if you start seeing him sliding, like how far will he slide? Yeah, you almost have to do some research and find a one, a team that's, you know, probably a contender already. And two, maybe a team that has a, a good edge rusher who's um gonna be a free agent next year you know, that type of situation. Right. And and that's the case for these next two guys I'm going to mention. Like they'll probably end up going beginning of day two, but what if they, what if one of them drops? Um, I, I wonder if the Rams could move up or, or uh, maybe they'll drop to, I, I doubt these, these guys drop to one Oh four, but maybe. Um, yeah. So the next guy I'll, I'll talk about Drake Jackson. That's the guy that you mentioned earlier. Um, he's the USC edge rusher um i've seen him i I think most mocks have him going um in like the the 50 60 range yeah i don't know much about him i know i've seen him all over the place in mock drafts yeah he uh, never really put it together i know when he came to usc he was supposed he was a, a top prospect but he just never really put it together but he flashes if you look up you'll watch him here you can see why okay so he's a guy that you see maybe slipping into the third, and then if he does, the Rams start looking at possibilities to move up and grab him. And, and there's one other guy you feel the same way about? Same same situation. I remember looking up mock drafts. I always look up mock drafts at like the end of uh, the end of the, the current draft. And last year I, I looked up one in uh, DeMarvin Leal, Texas A&M guy. Um, he was top five pick on every mock I saw. What position? He's he's a D lineman. He can play anywhere on the D line. And I, and I think the Rams are going to draft a couple. I wouldn't be surprised if they draft a couple D linemen and the edge guy. They're, they have Greg Gaines and a Sean Robinson are both unrestricted free agents next year. So on my mock, I have them at least trying to come come out of it with two defensive linemen. Right. And this guy's a monster. Um, I, again, I doubt he falls all the way to the third round, but maybe one of those three guys I mentioned do, and Rams can either move up a couple, give up a couple picks and move up. And by the time you get to that 100th pick, the Rams are actually in pretty good shape. Yeah, they've not made a pick yet, but from the 100th to the 263rd pick, last pick in the draft, no team has more picks than the Rams. The Rams have eight, as do the Jags. The average pick count per team after the 100th pick is five. So at that point, they'll have to draft capital to move up a little bit if they want to. They can move around. And you know, yeah, you know less need. You know they're going to move around. So, Is there another guy or is that it? Uh, there's one one more guy. It's so hard to try to project um, who the Rams are going to pick, especially at 104. 
uh, but there was one guy that I wanted to mention that I could see just fits the Rams style of player that they draft. Um, and that's D'Angelo Malone. Oh, right. I had him. I considered him in one of my mock drafts. He's an edge out of Western Kentucky. Is that right? Yep. And the the main reason I'm mentioning him, mentioning him is because he was a senior bowl standout. And you know how much the Rams love the senior bowl. But yeah, he was he was awesome in the senior bowl. I think they have decided that the combine gives you a little bit of information and maybe confirms a couple of minor details, but the senior bowl is the best measure of how a guy will play against NFL talent. He can be that edge rusher. He's athletic. He could drop into coverage, uh, get after the passer. Kind of, kind of reminds me of Oko a little bit. So maybe you can fill that spot. Yeah. I almost feel like, you know, if you could do a, a little data mining and identify a guy that one performed well in the senior bowl, two was a team captain and three, his grandfather was a coach at Rutgers. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. they're going to draft him. Right. Those are like the three things that they, that they love team captains, guys that come from a football family and guys that, that kicked butt at the senior bowl. Right. Yeah. I've seen him going in fourth round mocks one, one mock. I'm going in the sixth round. So. So was there was that the guy you had mentioned that you were was there there was another later round guy that you really really liked? That was him. Um, oh, D'Angelo Malone. Right, right. Yeah, I think in my I can't remember now one of my mock drafts uh, and I've go back and listen. I I think I considered him for I want to say it was the fourth round pick, but I don't remember. But um, yeah, he's he seems like a solid player. So you think the one thing that I learned from this more one thing that stands out is you seem to think the Rams will draft a tight end. And I had kind of discounted that again with less need and Sean McVay. You never know, you know, there, it seems like they're always trying to solve the tight end thing. And then Tyler Higby just started to produce so consistently that, you know, they, they, I'm not saying that they fell back on Tyler Higby, but I think Tyler Higby rose to the occasion. But I still have to wonder, looking forward, if they still think they need to find a tight end. And, and it sounds like you think they do. Not really. I was just mentioning some tight ends I liked. <laughs> oh, okay. You mentioned Johnny Munt moving on. Uh, yeah, I, thought, I guess so. I think, but, I mean, Johnny Munt was never uh, yeah. really that impactful. I mean, he, I know that... It, yeah, my take on the Rams' current tight ends is Tyler Higby can kind of do it all. He's never going to make a pro ball, but he's pretty darn good. Kendall Blanton seems to have the receiving aspect down. Bryson Hopkins, a little bit of both, but he, he looks like he doesn't look real athletic, but he does bulldoze pretty well once he has the ball in his hands. Uh, so I think I don't think Hopkins or Blanton are the tight end of the future for the Rams. That's for sure. But they're good pieces. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So anything, any last words on the draft from an overall perspective or from the Rams perspective? Um, I don't think so. Um, unless there's any players you want to. Well, uh, uh, the problem with the offensive line is like you said, you don't know how the Rams feel about some of these guys 
I mean, for all we know, Bobby Evans is the next right guard. It's probably Coleman Shelton. Yeah, Tremaine Ankrum, is is he a guy they're going to count on? To be honest with you, it's not a lot of fun looking at offensive line tape, you know, so you don't know, you know, who, who the Rams might like and where they think they have a need. But I still kind of think they're going to draft an offensive lineman just because um, of the fact David Edwards, Havenstein, and Evans are all free agents next year. The question is, do they spend an early pick or a couple of late picks? And then, you know, they need the defensive lineman as well. It's kind of the dilemma with the Rams, the way they operate. You go into the draft and it's kind of like over the next two years, they better hit on those late draft picks with guys that they can coach up and plug in somewhere. And then cornerback. I mean, they need a cornerback too, right? Yeah. And you know what I'm curious to see is if they end up drafting any guys uh, from Kentucky uh, with Leon Cohen being there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. He's going to have some inside information. Um, even guys in, in the same conference as Kentucky. Yeah. The one guy I think I mocked to the Rams in one of my drafts was the uh, interior offensive lineman Luke Fortner out of Kentucky. Uh, supposed to be a, a great locker room guy, high character, can play any three of those interior positions. So I thought the same thing, maybe because of the coaching hire out of Kentucky. Uh, they, they'll have their eyes on Luke Fortner. But I thought the same thing last year when the Rams hired the offensive line coach out of Stanford, but uh, <laughs> they didn't. They did not draft a Stanford offensive line. Right, right. Okay, I think that's good stuff. I don't. I think we can end it here. Um, I appreciate your time. Uh, this is a good lead up to our draft roundtable we'll be doing next week. Give some food for thought for for Tom and Paul and myself when we get into that discussion. Uh, I may plagiarize some of your information if you don't mind. Pretend like it was my own. Okay, thanks a lot for your time, Matt. Yeah, no problem do it for this episode and remember we have our draft roundtable coming up that should drop early monday morning that's going to be a blast so check that out please and remember you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com you can visit our website at ramsup.com and don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating it's greatly appreciated and remember keep the horns up Stay safe and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.